Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, everybody. Welcome back, yes, to episode... 43 of the Sacred Icon Halo Show, where we talk all things Halo because we love it. And we know you guys do, too. Come on. Uh, I'm your co-host, and join with me, as always, is my buddy, my pal, and my friend, Mr. Brian's Bane. What up? <laughs> but also, join with we us. We got a special guest. Is a special guest, uh, Dustin, a.k.a. Dust Storm, of Podtacular himself. Welcome, man. Greetings, reclaimers. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> That's nice. Doing for the community, yeah. Uh, dude, we got we got Dustor from Potacular on our show. What's up, gentlemen? Not this is much, there's man. just Not there's much. the screen is glowing like his his the audio is glowing from him. It's like this oh, dust storm. Uh, yeah, but that. hopefully, hopefully, you guys all just came from listening to Potacular's episode, which canonically happens first. In our discussion, yes. If you're um, listening to this one right now and you haven't listened to that, stop pause what it. You're doing hit pause, go back, listen to that first, yes. then come over here. Uh, because the, the what we're doing this week, guys, is we have uh, first we're talking about how nostalgia hurts a franchise on Podtacular. That's the first part of it, and then on here we're going to be talking about how nostalgia helps a franchise. Um, but before we get into that, um, both for the listening audience and for Josh and I. We would love to ask Dust uh, some questions about just Potacular and the history of it. I mean, Josh and I obviously have known Potacular existed, you know, since it started. Um, but there's questions we don't really know. So that's usually um, what happens. It exists when it starts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what wasn't? Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is it wasn't like 2007 <laughs> when I discovered you, or 2010. You know, uh, it was from the from the get go. So. Uh, I guess the first thing that I really have on my mind, I was wondering is, and this was kind of brought up by the really, really dope official Halo tweet that uh, congratulated you guys on 15 years. Of that was yes. awesome. I heard, sorry, I heard your notifications were blowing up uh, that day, right? Yes, yes. I had to close tweet deck because I was getting <laughs> so many notifications. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Uh, so my question is, this is something I wasn't fully aware of is like, how did, give us kind of a bit of the background. What inspired Podtacular to be started and when did you become a part of it? Sure. So Podtacular got its start, um, as you guys know, 15 years ago. Uh, July 28th, 2005 is when the first, very first episode was released. 
Uh, and it was started by a person. Uh, his name is Mike Funk. He goes by Fumo Jive. And he actually was contemplating between doing two different podcasts, either doing a Halo podcast, because that was kind of the big game at the time, or doing a Christian style podcast. Uh, so he decided to do, with, to do Halo, which I'm thankful for. But at the time, that was kind of really still the start of the advent of podcasts, still kind of getting into doing the whole internet radio type thing. And gaming podcast was still pretty early on. I think Podtackler started maybe only a couple months after Major Nelson started his podcast. Wow. Um, and then there's some, there some other notable ones like uh, Gamertag Radio, Uncle Gamer. Some of those, like some of the really longtime gaming podcasts will know that Podtackler was kind of associated with some of those other older gaming podcasts under Gamercast Network. Um, so that was kind of where Podtackler got started. Uh, second episode, he was joined by, uh, his username is Spellcheck, uh, Cody Bromley. Uh, so he was kind of the first official co-host. And then eventually after, I think a year or so, that's when uh, Spellcheck took a step away. And then our next co-host, JVB, or Jose Ventacourt, joined on as the new co-host for Patacular. And that ran through uh, about May twenty. 20- May 2008, uh, shortly after Halo 3 got started, and both of them were just kind of wanting to go on to life stuff, so they stepped away from the podcast, and then I approached them a few months later asking if I could pick up the mantle, and they said, yes, gratefully, thankfully. That's awesome. (laughs) And I've been doing it since October 2008. Wow. So now- That's cool. yeah, for, forgive me if I if you said this and I didn't pick up on it, but so were you close friends with them before you asked to pick it up, or not? Not really close friends. Um, I discovered Podtacular in two thousand six. Um, I had been interested in Halo through some other friends who had consoles, and growing up, we were never actually allowed to own any consoles. We had handhelds, but we we weren't allowed to have gaming consoles. My parents mm. didn't believe that that kind of stuff was, was good. Okay. Uh, we did rent consoles. So uh, in the particular version of this, we talked a little bit about renting consoles from like mm-hmm. Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we did rent PS2s, Nintendo 64s, and, and we would play um, uh, Mario Kart on N64, Super Mario 64, Smash, that kind of stuff. Um, and I had friends who had other gaming consoles. So whenever I spent the night over there or, or did that kind of stuff, I would play video games with them. And I had a couple of friends. I actually started playing Halo pretty early on. I had a a church friend that I grew up with, and he had an Xbox and Halo. And I played a little bit. I wasn't as interested or involved with it. Uh, but for for some reason, the thing really clicked for me liking Halo was seeing red versus blue on a Xbox kiosk in a Target. <laughs> hmm. That's awesome. Um, and I don't know why that kind of really got me interested in like, oh, I really want to actually invest more into checking this out. Yeah. And I had a, another friend who I met through elementary school, and we're still kind of friends. He was actually um, uh, one of my groomsmen in my, in my wedding. Uh, he had an Xbox, and he had Halo 2 and Xbox Live, and I'd go over there and, and play a little bit. Again, wasn't super invested at the time, but uh, I really started getting invested when I heard of Potacular, and I that was the Christmas after I got my fir- very first iPod, <laughs> Gen 2 iPod. <laughs> Crazy how far we've come. Yeah. Right. Or or the first generation, no, maybe not Gen 2, maybe Gen 3. Uh, it was the first one that had the color screen. Okay. 
Um, so got that, downloaded every single episode that Pod Tackler had when my family went on a family vacation to uh, Southern Africa. And I listened to all 50-something episodes that they had out at the time while I was on this trip. Nice. Yeah. So I got really invested in Halo, even though I didn't have Halo to play. And I would listen through the podcast, and there was another podcast uh, out at the time uh, made by Sonic 84. I forget what the actual name of the podcast was. Um, but I would listen to those both of those podcasts, and like I would get the sense of being in the community without actually playing the game. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> um, but eventually, I got a laptop from my parents for my birthday going into the last two quarters of my senior year in high school, kind of as prep for college. And a few months prior, I knew I was getting the laptop, so I actually bought a PC copy of Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah, that's cool. And this was back in 2007. Okay. So I, I got that. <clears throat> I stayed up late and played the heck out of it. <laughs> I even stood in my own dedicated servers on my laptop and let it run overnight. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then eventually in university, or I went, I went to university early, kind of as a summer, uh, summer uh, engagement type of thing. And I bought Halo 2 Vista, started getting involved a little bit more that way, playing um, Halo 2 on PC. So at this point, I still had really never invested time into playing Halo on Xbox. Um, and being a freshman in college, you do the things you do. You do a LAN party. You, you oh, yeah. go over to different dorms and there'd be an Xbox playing Halo till 2 or 3 into, into the morning or until curfew or, or whatever. <laughs> um, so definitely got involved that way. But... Uh, I got my, I bought myself my own 360 Christmas or with, with money I got for Christmas that year. So 2007. So I bought my first Xbox basically in January, 2008 and I bought Halo three with it. And I started really diving into the community, really participating in, in game nights. And I actually did a little video series. That's basically a campaign guide for going through Halo three. Cause I bought a little capture card, like, at the time, it was it was a cheap capture card. Like I bought it for twenty bucks, and now it's one hundred forty bucks because capture cards weren't really yeah. too much of a thing back then. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think I can't. I always forget what it's called. I have to go and look it up. I think it was just called a game capture, and it was just the RCA cables, and you record oh, at okay. at four eighty p. And I I made video guides for at the time, which was kind of the video version of Podtacular, which was Pod TV. There's a few different things that was going on over there. So I made those guides and mm -hmm. people seemed to like it and really enjoy them. And I got involved with the forums. I started posting there regularly and just kind of being interactive with the community. And I, I think that's kind of really where I started to at least have a rapport with the host of like, okay, this person is actually doing something for us. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know exactly the story behind why Fumo actually allowed me to carry it on. I've I've never actually asked him. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe wow. for our, our twenty year anniversary meeting. That would be really cool. That would be, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of how I got my start with Potacular was was kind of getting that itch, figuring out where I kind of fit, and then started kind of just contributing to the community. And I think part of that was the reason why Fumo let me take on the podcast, and here we are. That's so that cool, amazing. dude. Amazing. That's that's an amazing story. It sounds like that you are the perfect person to take over Podtacular because you got there from, you know, passion and effort to to actually do things in the community and and obviously 
he saw that when he handed it over. It was there now when he handed it over. Was it like Podtacular was going and then it went right into you, or was there a big moment? Of, it was like a year of they stopped recording. So there was a gap. Um, actually, before I took it over, there was some of the Pod TV folks, uh, Chevelle sixty five, uh, G Lewis, and I can't remember if there's anyone else that was kind of behind that. But they they kind of took the video podcasting route mm-hmm. of trying to take the audio version, keep the podcast going but do it kind of in the more mm-hmm. video style. So there were little skits that they throw through in there and in the middle of interviews and that kind of stuff, but really didn't catch. And they were putting a lot of time into it that they didn't really feel like they wanted to put that much time into making these videos. So I think like the first one came out a week after the, the normal podcast ended, which the podcast ended on episode 158. Okay. Uh, and then they, they did their video episodes and then, they did three episodes and we actually to kickstart when I picked up the podcast, we redid 161. So there's technically two 161s. Oh wow, okay. Ooh, for nice. Um but G Lewis, who was part of the Pod TV crew, I, I brought him on as a co-host. And also another person at the time that was very involved, Brent Gamer, he was I brought him on as a co-host as well. So it was the three of us for the beginning of my rain of potacular so to speak <laughs> um but that that time difference again was a, was about may to october so about five months okay okay when you listen to those like 50 episodes on that trip was that just like was a part of you just like okay i don't want to be here right now i just want to be playing this game or something or were you like i want to um, play when i get how, how did that that had to have been amazing i've never heard of that and i think that's fascinating <laughs> to me i love that though yeah, I don't think many people probably got invested in the podcast quite that way or communities. Yeah, you don't usually hear people kind of getting like into a game series or like even a film series, just anything through like a, a podcast first. Right. That's unique. Yeah. Um. No, because the trip was, I mean, it was an amazing trip. Like the African safari. Or yeah, that, like, I would imagine love to that was that. In- incredible. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't trade that for for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was just kind of a separate thing where it's like, oh, I've got this really cool thing that I, I listen to uh, that I'm also interested in. So it's kind of like, oh, I could, like it, it didn't detract from the trip at all. It was kind of one of those things like during downtime or as I was kind of going going to sleep, I'd listen to the podcast and oh, okay, I got you and and do that thing. But um, no, it it wasn't like any like detraction from the trip or like oh i need this connection back to home type of thing it was just kind of one of those things of like oh i'm just genuinely interested i want to learn more about it sure yeah 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 i uh i i think there's there's something to be said about that you know we kind of touched on in the last podcast how people start at so many different places with halo and we always go to you know to someone halo core halo is halo 3 core halo is halo 4 5 whatever to some people it's halo books to some people, it's Halo Wars. To somebody, it's a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, that's why when we talk about, like, Halo means, you know, different things to different people. Like, how much of your of your influence of Halo was coming from Podtacular at that time, you know, of, of that podcast? And that's not even an, a, a, a quote-unquote official thing. It's not like it was sanctioned by Bungie for this <laughs> podcast. So, you you know, and I think that's, I think that also speaks volumes of how much it, when you when you it matters when you have an influence to to use it well, 
um, because they're obviously the the people at Podtacular before you took it over were obviously influential on you as a Halo fan. Um, so I, I'm glad they used their powers for good, as you say. Um, <laughs> but it kind of makes me wonder. It kind of makes me wonder. Was there a, was there ever? Do you ever notice a period of like? I would just imagine as with anything in media. Was there ever a point where? you were hearing like, oh, I don't want to listen to Podtacker with this new guy, or I don't want to listen to this Dustin guy. I want the old people back. Was there much of that, or was it just people cool from the beginning? Uh, for the most part, people were pretty chill with it. That's great. Uh, we we got some guests on pretty early on who had been guests prior to the show. Um, we eventually brought like Fumo and JBB back on as, as guests at some point or another. But I think with kind of how Fumo and JBB departed from the podcast and basically saying our time is done. We're moving on to other things. It, it left that ability there naturally for someone to come pick it up instead of That's just so like cool. a, instead of a forceful takeover or yeah. transition to power is more like, Nope, this just kind of tap- tapered off and also wants to bring it back in. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Is it possible to listen to every episode from the beginning at this point? It is. Because um, I don't we, notice that on my services when I go to look at your podcast. Right. So that's something we're, we're kind of actively working on to try to build that feed all the way back up. You can actually go to the website and download every single episode uh, to date. Okay. Nice. Um, nice. We're also working on trying to do video versions of them on YouTube for those that like to listen through YouTube kind of thing. Um, I got to episode 160 and kind of got busy with other things so it's kind of halted there for the time being but uh, eventually we are going to re-expand the feed to where it's every single episode that we've ever done even from some of our sideshows that we did um back in the early 2010s but uh for now you have to go to the website to download all the episodes okay well at least there's a way to do it because i wasn't sure because i'm like you know you're on episode what 700 and 747 was the one that we just recorded Okay, yeah, yeah that's, so that's amazing. A, you know, me and Josh are like coming up on forty-seven. <laughs> so that's that's crazy. We're the newbies uh, here. Yeah, I actually got a question if you, unless you yeah, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was curious uh, for you, Dustin. Like, what's your favorite Halo campaign? And what I, I we you already kind of mentioned on the other one, but I'd like to hear you kind of talk more why. But what's your favorite <laughs> Halo multiplayer? Uh, Halo favorite Halo campaign would be Halo Two. Boom. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Uh, I really liked the introduction of the Arbiter storyline. I liked the the two separate stories and seeing how they converge and being able to see not just the UNSC side of things, but see the Covenant side of the conflict and how both of those are in the same universe and meld together and then see how the Arbiter turns over to the, the UNSC side and, and you see this new alliance between um, the Sangili and the, the humans. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I'm totally with you. Yep. On that. That's Brian's um, favorite game of all time. So yeah. <laughs> your favorite multiplayer? No, five's your favorite multiplayer. We already you already said that. Five is my favorite multiplayer, but Halo Two was my favorite multiplayer until five came out. Yeah, I get that. Yep. Because that's kind of where I'm at. Like they're they're even for me because like I think five's the best, but because of Halo Two's like full on suite of modes and big team battle, I mm-hmm. think it's a more complete than five like yeah. i i personally don't enjoy uh halo 5's big team battle so like that's something that halo <laughs> 2 has on it big it's time it's gotten better since launch because there was no big team battle that really yeah yeah i mean there was the forge maps but in in its purest form i'll say big team battle did not exist in halo 5 yeah yeah 
And I'm hoping they they address that with Halo Infinite. I'm I I think there's enough of a community feedback on having a lot of the stuff that's considered core Halo functionality, like making sure that there's big team, oddball, CTF, Slayer, some kind of territories, uh, make sure Forge is in there, theater, all that kind of stuff. So Halo 5 suffered a lot from not having what the community really considered a core function set within Halo that we've seen basically either introduced at launch from Halo games like Halo 3 was the first to have theater, but like since then, every game has had theater at launch for all the game modes, like that, that kind of stuff. Uh, and Halo 5 didn't really have all that out of the gate. Like Forge wasn't even there until three months after it launched. Yeah, yeah. it was definitely a couple at least. So Bungie was, set yeah, a high they, standard for all the things that need to be there day one. I mean, <laughs> they, that's, certainly yeah. did. they certainly <laughs> did. They made it hard for them. But so. it wasn't easy for them either. Like a lot of that was crunch to, yeah. to the yeah. end. And even some of the Bungie games weren't smooth at launch. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like Halo 2's multiplayer matchmaking, like the launch was like screwy. Yeah. You know, they fixed that in like a hot patch. Um, <laughs> right. I just pictured Shaq with like an icy hot patch or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the commercial. Yeah, 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 the commercial. Um, but the last. Hot fix. <laughs> yes, hot fix, not hot patch. Yeah. Hot patch. Uh, hot pocket. Um, no. Um, so before <laughs> we get into the actual topic, the one last thing I would love to hear uh, you talk about, Dustin, is. Tell us anything and everything about your experience with Outpost Discovery. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, what? Just tell us about how it was. What'd you like? What'd you do? Like, I'd love to hear it. I'll, I'll give an abbreviated version because definitely talked about it a lot on PodTechler because there, there, there is a lot, a lot that happened. Uh, but I hosted 24 community panels Woo! during Outpost. I went to every single one of them. Uh, Thankfully, Hershen and Three for Three were kind enough to at least pay for uh, VIP tickets for each location and um, uh, accommodate for some some lodging stuff as well. So I didn't have to pay everything out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so that made it a little bit more feasible to go to each one. Of sure. Them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got to go to every stop. Got to meet a lot of people. Hosted twenty four panels. Got to do everything, obviously multiple times because I went I went to every stop. Yeah. Um. Got to do something on main stage, which I was the only community panel on main stage, which was the the Halo Outpost Discovery Game Show. That's so. Which cool. is where we did uh, basically Halo versions of the match game, Password, Family Feud, and Wheel of Fortune. Ah, uh, that's <laughs> oh, I like so dope. That. That's yeah, cool. so dope. we we have a little highlight reel of the footage that was able to be saved up on our YouTube channel. So if anyone wants to kind of go see that, it's about a forty-five minute montage of some of the greatest hits from the game show that we did yeah. during Outpost. Um, got to interview Max Hoberman from Certain Affinity, uh, who actually worked for Bungie during the Halo Two times, and then went off to start his own studio, Certain Affinity. And Certain Affinity has been in partnership with both Bungie and 343 at various parts in development for different things regarding Halo um, since they started during the Halo 2 days. Um, What was it like kind of like just walking in there and I know they had all the big statues and everything like that. Was that kind of surreal your first time like seeing that? Because it's it's like a Halo museum basically. Yeah, the Halo museum part was interesting. Uh, I've been around different statues that are real life size type stuff before. Mm-hmm. But the the arbiter or 
I don't know if it was necessarily the Arbiter. It might have been um, a different Elite. Okay. But seeing that up close, I hadn't seen anything like that. So that was kind of the, mm-hmm. the star piece of the Halo Museum for me was the, the Arbiter that was there. That's so it was either the Shipmaster or, or Arbiter. I think it might have been the Shipmaster. But mm. Okay. Yeah, that, that was kind of that oh wow moment of the Halo Museum. Like this is what I'm fighting in games. Holy crap. Like, right, <laughs> right. It's like... You really are that tall. <laughs> okay. Granted, he's on a two-foot pedestal. Yeah. So it's a little bit taller than normal, but yeah. it's... Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, man. man. Uh, so just, envious. I can't imagine. So how long was that completely running over all of the different... The whole entire Outpost experience? Was that like a month, a couple months? I can't recall from... It was basically two and a half months. So it started the first weekend in July last year, and it ended the last weekend in August. So it was every other weekend for five iterations of the show. So basically over nine weeks. When That's you so were doing cool. the when you were doing the panels, like the first time or the first few times, was there any part of you? I'm asking as someone who gets nervous about stuff. Were you at all nervous? Were you just like, no, I've been doing this, you know, like podcasts and stuff. I'm like, okay, <laughs> how were you? How'd you feel? At this point, I've I've actually gotten to the point where I'm okay public speaking. I don't really get nervous mm-hmm. uh, at much that much anymore unless it's like in front of a huge crowd but i've i've thankfully accumulated to or i've gotten acclimated to doing that kind of speaking through different panels and um so funny story your listeners might be interested uh in this a little bit but my very first convention that i went to was pax west or pax used to be called pax prime but pax west uh 2011 it was halo fest so oh, I got perfect. I had to buy three four three to come out to Halo Fest. They paid for my media pass, and I was also on a panel and got to visit the studio all in the same trip. Oh, legendary! What? Yeah, legendary. talk about an entrance to the Halo community. Wow, what was that like for you? Were you just like, yes, okay? I I, I was blown away. I was completely blown away by just. I've watched all the Halo Fest footage and like that seemed like such an awesome time. So I can't imagine, you know, being there, what that was like. Yeah. At that point, it was overwhelmed to the point where it's like, I'm just happy to be here. So like the nerves didn't really kick in yet, but definitely afterwards it's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, there, there's a little, uh, a little nervousness at at some point, but (laughs) I've done it enough now where I've, I've talked in front of people for so long, been on live streams and, been I'm on a few panels it. where yeah. yeah definitely used to it more now so when it came to outpost everything like the only thing i got nervous about was during like before the game shows i was churning away in the back finishing puzzles and writing out uh cue cards for like sketch or bravo or yeah. or uni or, or grim for what they needed to do for the puzzles. so that was the part that was nervous like actually getting everything done before i was up on stage yeah <laughs> yeah that would be a little nerve-wracking i would i would definitely think so how many i mean how many it's probably more than you can just say off the top of your head but like how many people from 343 slash bungie have you met in your in your time doing this i mean dozens upon dozens or i mean that that i've met and i i know by name or that i just you at least you, you at least met them yeah just met them i mean uh like at least meeting them probably close to 100 people Ooh, that's awesome Ooh, that's awesome uh who, those who's that, I, that i know like on at least acquaintance basis probably up in the 30 30 40 range that's still great i I love that so much and i I love like 
the fact that you kind of, in a sense, came in later to the Halo community, you know, with around that 2008 time and you picked up Podtacular and you played the games on PC and like, and then you're such a, like an ongoing staple in the Halo community. Like, I just think that's, it's just a great example to me uh, of someone being prominent in the Halo community because like, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy to be like, oh, you got to be old hat to, to be, to really <laughs> matter. You, if you didn't play Halo uh, Combat Evolved on the Xbox in 2001. Are you even a real fan? Because I didn't. I mean, I think the only one here who actually played that most naturally would have been Josh because I started with Halo 2 and you started with Halo 1 on PC later. Um, so, yeah. But that's yeah, awesome. I got to say, Dustin, that's, dude, that's super cool. Like, I've never been to that stuff and I, I want to. And I think something like when you said the Family Feud thing, I'm like, I would want to be at that. I would want to be right. there. Right, playing that—that that just sounds amazing to me. That sounds yeah. hilarious. It, well, it was awesome. It was awesome. I think you'd be good playing that, Josh. I think you'd really get into think it. So, uh, yeah, you're. Man. You know, it's, all those all those days skipping school, watching Family Feud, and like the Price is Right will finally pay off. For like, <laughs> I think we're gonna play Al Borland. Thank you. <laughs> um, a, lot, a lot of the production folks at Outpost, like aside from a few like high profile panels, like obviously the the gin and. Uh, Steve won at every single outpost. That was obviously kind of the the highlight of each one. Mm-hmm. And then Chicago had the writers panel. That was a big highlight. But behind those, a lot of the production crew really liked the game show. That's yeah. so cool, man. That just so cool. Cool. If, if there's a so future outpost, there um, if it happens or something like that, I know there's a lot of people that would like to see that come back again. So yeah. it should, all, dude. All we can do is hope. But I'm we, so happy we are, for. Oh, go ahead. I'm about sorry, trying to do some kind of virtual game show, either with the production crew or maybe try to get some Halo fans in on on that kind of thing as well. Um, we were looking at probably trying to do it during what would have been PAX weekend. I've got a couple other things going on, so it might be later in September when we actually do that kind of thing. But we we do want to kind of try to relive that a little bit joy of doing the Halo game show some in some way or form this year. I'm just really glad that the I'm really glad the community got to experience Outpost Discovery right at the tail end of time prior to this pandemic. You know, I'm glad yeah. that I'm no glad kidding. that got to happen. After the world you know? stopping, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Because I I just can't imagine how sad that would have been to like for the first Outpost Discovery to be happening at that same time. Like, luckily everyone got to experience that before the the crap hit the fan. So you know what's funny yeah. is I remember before I when I had heard about Outpost Discovery. But I didn't really see anything of it until I, I remember getting on Twitter one day and I see this like this video of it was one of the little the little floods, the little, you know, the little mm-hmm. flood pack. And like yep. these people are all like, like, oh, like I, making uh, yep, these faces looking, looking into the glass window. And I was like, holy cr-. like I was like, I was like, they have all it's like a museum, basically. And then I learned it was so much more than that, even. And I was just like, why am I not? Yeah, there? that was the main <laughs> experience. Yep. 100%. Yep. It, that well, that who was that? That was me, Green Skull, uh, Jesse Bird, Ro, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, and there was someone else in that video. Was I it Ubernick? Watch that. I gotta find it. Maybe an Ubernick. Okay. Um, oh, I loved that video yeah. so much. <laughs> that was a that was a great little like snippet. Yeah. Video. Oh my god! I put a huge smile on my face. Yeah. Loved it. That's so cool. Uh, I'm really glad I asked I asked about Outpost Discovery because that's just a, a gem to be able to hear that stuff. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we'll go into our main topic at hand, guys. Uh, so, basically, as we said, we touched on how nostalgia hurts a franchise in Potacular. So, we're going to touch on how it, uh, how it helps a franchise, how it benefits Halo nostalgia. And I think I'll, I'll start by saying that um, 
nostalgia is such a such a powerful thing that I mean that's I'm guessing it's the same for you guys, but to some extent. But like that's why we're here doing the podcast. That's why uh, you know Dustin's doing panels at, at Outpost Discovery. The the it's the nostalgia. I even away during the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. That's the nostalgia is is what um, is anchors us to Halo so strongly because as we talked about, like there's going to be different opinions and and new Halos, new experiences. Things aren't going to be as good as they used to be here and they might be better in other ways here but really what keeps us so anchored to this is our nostalgia our memories of like when we first got into halo when we first um we first played the campaign we first played multiplayer we first got with community or played co-op on the couch with our friends or or when um when dustin first got to be a part of podtacular and take it over and for us now when we started sacred icon halo like um these things the nostalgia really kind of bolsters uh, our our passion, and it's kind of the it's kind of the fuel that keeps us going. Um, because I, I don't think I don't think a new release of Halo is of a Halo game is going to be enough for me to be um, consistently doing this all the time. It's it's just that I have such an innate nostalgic passion for it. I mean, and Josh and I started this up uh, almost a year ago um, just because we were passionate about Halo. It actually had nothing to do with Infinite coming out. Um, but, I mean, of course, it benefited us to have you know, more to talk about with a new game coming out. So Yeah, it's finally um, nice to actually have some news to discuss. Yeah, you've yeah. been you've, <laughs> out for a while. Yeah, yeah. everyone else has been, like, trudging away uh, with, with no new game in sight. Um, but, yeah, we get to come in on the last year before the reveal of the actual gameplay. So... Um, but yeah, so, so nostalgia is just kind of, yeah, it's been the fuel that's, that's, it's made me want to start this. It's made Josh want to do this. It's made, uh, I'm sure made Dustin keep going at it. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of where I'll start is this one real positive of nostalgia. Do one of you guys want to take it from here or I'll just say, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I kind of said this on the show before, but I'll say this too. Cause, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, you, you've heard it, but I'll say it again, Dustin, but, uh, <laughs> One of the things for me was like first, which just just to say, you don't necessarily have to listen to the podcast one first. Like you should be able to kind of listen to either one of these and totally order. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely, definitely. But um, yeah, I remember, I just remember being at a point like the prime Halo era for me at the time. In the and I'm gonna get to why it's changed, but uh, prime time for me for Halo was like Halo Two, right before Halo Three came out. Uh, because I'd gotten into the whole like land party aspect, I had land parties outside in the front yard uh, <laughs> at, at people's houses, and just doing the doing the whole rigmarole of like, can we go to your parents' house? Is your parent okay with this? It's like, can we get pizza? Are you guys bringing soda? Like, do you guys have a copy of uh, Halo Two? You know, do you guys got your copy? Are we playing Halo CE this time? And I mean, just that was such a really cool time for me, and I remember kind of getting as I got older you know i started getting into all these other franchises and stuff like mass effect and bioshock and all these you know you had so many different other things to play and like gears of war kind of went in the multiplayer for that the first one especially kind of swept me under the rug and or swept me off my feet and i was just like whoa um but then i kind of thought i'd get nostalgic for halo at times and i would just miss it and miss that time because i was like this is really the only that was really the only kind of like game series that ever brought my friends together. I never did that with anything else. I know there was people who did Counter Strike and uh, a lot of you know a couple MMOs and stuff like that, but like I just I didn't personally ever have that. It was Halo, and 
I always tell Brian too, like I would watch before I had Xbox Live. I would just spend time when I wasn't doing LAN parties. I would spend time running through the multiplayer maps by myself to learn all the ins and outs. And I, hmm. you know that you'd pick up on the sounds that the, 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 just the sounds that were in there. Like, uh, what's the? I always forget the the monitor from Backwash. What's the one in Backwash? Tangent. Is it Tangent? Yeah. Tangent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm and I would almost just, positive. I mean, yeah. Hearing that. You know, it's like one of those things you just get nostalgic for, and and then I was I would watch the making of like documentary for Halo Two. I would I associate the music more with the documentary and the people than I do with actually playing the game because I just <laughs> would have that on repeat constantly. And I just remember getting to a point where I was like, it kind of felt like it was in the past, and that was such a bummer for me. Anytime I got nostalgic because I was like, I just wanted to play it. I would jump at the chance to do that again. And then as I got to know um, Brian. And then uh, Brian was like the biggest Halo fan I knew, and Brian could just talk about it and talk about it. And I was so captivated. And long story short, we started doing LAN parties and stuff like that. And it was just amazing for me. I was like, man, I, we were doing like not just the old Halos, we were doing Halo 4. Actually, Brian was my playing with Brian was my first experience in Halo 4's multiplayer. And like, I'm kind of split down the middle with it, but I re- like on the good side, I really, really like it. And it started creating these new nostalgic memories that I can look back on fondly. And like that has gotten me to this point of doing this podcast and doing this with all three of us today. Like it's it's just amazing to me that like, you know, there, there's so much there's so much in the past of Halo, but like three four three has done such a good job of like carrying this mantle and not not in any way to disrespect on Bungie, but like I think in some ways three four three's even done an even better job in some of that, and just how they've handled. Um, I think being I think like being fans changes their approach, you know, because Bungie yeah, wasn't yeah. fans, you know. Yeah, no, they were the creators, so yeah. yeah. So that was my long rant about why uh, I love. <laughs> Uh, how nostalgia uh, has really got me to this point. So I'll let yeah. uh, one of you guys go. I would say something very similar where it definitely helps with keeping, like, especially for a pod tackler, us going for 747 episodes. Yeah. 15 years later. Insane. Uh, being able to latch on to certain things that really speak Halo to us and really just being continuously passionate about looking, seeing the franchise continue to grow and evolve and really hearkening to things that really speak to us as Halo fans. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many different parts of Halo that you can look back at and be like, that's like that's what got me into Halo. And then this is what kind of has kept me in Halo. So being able to kind of exactly. take that, really focus it together and be able to have a good positive outlook on things. And that also helps bring other people into it. It's like, oh, dude, you should check out this game because this part's so awesome and this part's really cool, but it's in a different game and it's done this way and it's really cool how it changes things. And, yeah. oh, there's this whole storyline in Halo 2. You get to see the Arbiter side. It's really different, but really cool at the same time. Mm-hmm. So being able to kind of take all those different experiences and condense it down into just this overabundance of nostalgia and joy and happiness that you have in your experiences with the game just is such a positive influence that other people know it's like, what's he into? I want to see what he's into. That looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I don't think I realized, and this is the cool thing that I, we've preached it a little bit, but not too much, but I think I, I would like to keep kind of bringing it up is like, I think for me and Josh, both, we kind of thought the nostalgic days of Halo were over. Um, we thought that was just a, a product of, of life that, you know, Oh, the yeah, Halo yeah, two, but- 
over. <laughs> um, in a deeper voice, but it didn't come out that way. No, I like it. Yeah, it was just, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, over. They will haunt you for the rest of your days. Uh, <laughs> man, I can see you doing like thank some metal Thank you for music. Introducing, introducing us to the voice of Craig for Halo Infinite. Yes, he <laughs> does like that so well. I heard that recently. That was yeah, good. Yeah. That, that's going to be a staple for the podcast from now on. I, oh, I like. that's great, dude. Chuck <laughs> and Craig. It's, it's <laughs> the new sitcom duo that's going to come with Halo Infinite Machinima. <laughs> I'm all for it. it. I'm all for it. Um, but I, I think what, I, what I've started to realize is that the nostalgia doesn't, doesn't have to end there because if you lean into the things you love about the series and you, you, you uh, don't just... I mean, we can very much kind of put our per feet down and say, "Oh, Halo will never be as good as it was back in the in the old days." But I, I don't that you're not open to as much potential if you do that. You know, I I like the fact that um, I can say, "Okay, I'm going to lean into the things I like, and I'm going to move forward with the series." And then new nostalgia for things I didn't think would ever be nostalgic pop pops up. Like uh, we got so excited for MCC, and this is one of the things I, I really love about MCC is I don't think it. You know, despite all the issues it had, like what it did for fans who were nostalgic and what it did for the whole community at large, not only like old school people, but being able to share new experiences with new people. And um, when MCC was coming out, like me and Josh were just having this euphoric rush of just like nostalgia, like, oh, it's coming back. It's like, let's let's play Blow Me Away on repeat. You know, like <laughs> this is it. And uh, then MCC comes out and, you know, there's that whole 2014 era of M- MCC coming out and us being excited for it and Halo 5 starting to get revealed. And now, in 2020, we have the same the same type of nostalgia for MCC as we have for the Halo 2 and 3 period. And it's so yeah. cool to, yeah. to, to know that we have, like, new nostalgic memories. And, like, Josh and I are already saying, like, man, think how nostalgic we're going to be for, like, when we started Sacred Icon Halo and, you know, two years from now. Remember when we had that episode with Dust Storm from Podtacular? Like, <laughs> yeah, all remember these... we did that two, two-part episode? Yeah, like, all these nostalgic memories we're still making. And it's even, it's weird, like, when you open your mind to, like, not being so fixated on the things you, you hate. And letting the let let the nostalgia flow through you. Um, <laughs> nice. you can, That's the nicest thing Palpatine has ever said. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, you can get to this point where you you really love things you thought you hated at one point. When Halo Five launched, I, I of course when I get a Halo game, I sit down, and I play the campaign. I don't move until the campaign's completed. I literally sit there till it's over. So when I when the credits rolled on Halo Five, I was so upset with that narrative and just so irritated with how it, it how that went. That uh, I was just like salty on Halo for a for a little while, and but now in 2020, you know, with the way I look at life and expectations and my perspective, I am so nostalgic for Halo Five. And even though Halo Five isn't my first, second, or third favorite Halo game, I am nostalgic for Halo Five in the same way I'm nostalgic for two and three. I'm not saying five is the same game as two and three. I'm not saying I think it's as, as good or not as good, um, but. Just the nostalgia I have for the you know Halo 5's build up to its launch, playing multiplayer with my friends, um, going through the campaign. Uh, there's so much I actually love about that campaign. I'm nostalgic for it, and I'm already like me and Josh have already talked about how like yeah we're ready for Infinite, and we don't need another five years of Halo 5. But we are also kind of sad that like Halo 5's era is ending, and like we're so nostalgic already for what that is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I super you know fiesta it, will do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big yeah. proponent of super fiesta, Dustin is. It is yes. super good. Yes. Yeah, super good. Uh, 
You know, it's something to be said too. Is like those. I have so many memories of like I have like I can remember for the MCC launch sitting out in the parking lot before we went into this mom and pop shop and to get the game to get in line for the game and like we're just talking about our thoughts on the Halo Five multiplayer reveal. And at the time, I'm just focused on the conversation. I'm thinking, like, I'm realizing in the moment, like, hey, I thought I wasn't going to like this stuff, but I actually think I really love what I saw. And I'm like, I'm about to get MCC, but I kind of want to play this right now, you know? <laughs> and it's just, it, it's interesting and, and kind of beautiful to, to, to think about it all these years later. Like, I didn't think about at the time that I was creating this nostalgic memory, but it was just us in the parking lot talking about our thoughts on that that didn't really matter at the time. But they matter because I still remember it and it means something to me. And like you would think that for some people it's like they remember being in the line. Well, I do, but I also remember before I got in the line and having that kind of personal conversation. And it's just I can remember so many times going over to Brian's house and we would just play Halo Force multiplayer where we would do a LAN party. And we would just – it's those nights with friends, whether you were playing co-op or and you were doing the story or you did multiplayer or Forge or whatever. And you just – you're talking about you're you're playing the game, but you're also just talking about stuff that doesn't even matter until the sun comes up. And but you're doing it while playing Halo together. And I just have so many memories in all the Halos doing that with friends than I do with any other game. Yep, all those land parties, and, and this isn't going to resonate with everybody. But for those that grew up where you're in college, you're lugging Xboxes and TVs mm-hmm. over to other dorms or apartments. Heavy TVs. <laughs> And Ooh, for some people, throwing bulky. the Ethernet cable over the over the roof so you could get a LAN connection over yeah. to another Xbox. Oh, another nice! <laughs> yeah, the, I, I've heard some stories just like from my own university of people actually doing that. Oh, and then at like the end of the that. year, they're they're cutting the Ethernet cable so like they can take it down and whatnot. But, <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, like a lot of those memories have really ingrained Halo into a lot of people's memories especially those that are kind of in our late 20s, early 30s now. And now we have this new generation that grew up with multiplayer games on Xbox Live. And it's like, you guys don't understand the struggle of having to lug 60-pound yeah. yeah. TVs across Ugh. a quarter of a mile just to get a land. <laughs> now a 70-inch TV weighs like nothing. Like I can carry this with one hand. Right, you know? right yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, it all folds up nicely. It's in a little briefcase, and then it just yeah. pops out. You know, that was, I think that was the <laughs> Me beauty the Jetsons. of it. yes i love a good jessens reference um yeah i think for me too like you know something that kind of goes understated nowadays like we talk about the land party stuff but like i think for a lot of us that very much was in essence like a foundation of like this game becoming much bigger than what we kind of like new games could be and i know for everyone that's different some people had that with halo but they also had it with other games but like for me personally, I just never thought it would be anything more than campaign. I knew it had multiplayer, but I didn't really touch Combat Evolves. I, I didn't really even play Halo 2s at the start. It took me a while of just playing a match organically where this like light turned on and I was like, this is fun. I didn't know this could be fun. And suddenly like I'm playing this with like a ton of friends trying to get like this I had that like try that I was constantly chasing my great white buffalo that was sixteen players all together, you know, and it was just such a goal to 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 get that many people playing because it's like it's possible, and I'm like, I've never heard of this with any other game, mm-hmm. and then like 
you do that for so long, and and even to this day, I mean, yeah, I've done it since then, like with with MCC and stuff. But like, I've never, there's just never been anything else I've had that experience with. And I I think, I think if I had not had all the land party experiences, if you had taken that factor out, I would still love Halo just as much. But it's added so much there that just will yeah. never go away. It's just you can't touch it. Hey, Josh, uh, do you think maybe it's uh, time we take a, a moment for a word from our sponsor? Ooh, yes, let's do it. Roll it. Whoa, it's Mikey Cosplay OST Drop Pod. Hey, Kev, trying to stunt Halo Infinite, but instead you're playing like a grunt? Yeah. Well, I got just the thing to turn your game around. You do? How? Halo! Halo! Halo or Mel Chili! Whoa! Whether you're dropping into an online battle in a drop pod like me, or customizing your gear in preparation, nothing will get your shields back up quicker than a hearty bowl of Halo Hormel Chili. Packed full of vitamins A, C, calcium, iron, and guest star himself, Mr. Protein! Wow! Thanks, Mikey Cosplay! No problem, chumps! And remember, behind every Spartan is a bowl of delicious and somewhat nutritious Hormel Chili. We will! Hey, Mikey, Mikey Cosplay. Cosplay! I go where I'm needed! Tired of Mikey Cosplay crashing through your roof in an ODST drop pod causing you months and months of financial strain and repairs? Well, head down to your nearest grocery store today and look for the specially marked cans of Halo! 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 Hormel Chili! Every four cans purchased will grant access to Double! Double! For use in Halo Infinite, so your Spartan will always be streets ahead of the competition. Remember, we have to fight, but we also have to eat! Yeah, I think another thing about, like, with nostalgia is it, it adds so much to your enthusiasm. So, one of the things I think is a really positive thing about nostalgia is that and I, I, you know, I'm speaking for myself in this instance because Josh talked about it so much on the pod, on the podcast before. But like, when your enthusiasm pours out of you, you can see the people around you; their eyes start to light up, and they start to get interesting, interested in these things. It's like when I started talking to Josh about Halo Four, a game he didn't really think he liked. I talked about it so passionately and so enthusiastically, he's starting to kind of go, "Okay, maybe." This guy really loves this thing. Like maybe I literally called him the next morning and I had to talk to him about it. Yeah. Like there's something about this, you know, and there's actually been times, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time because, you know, not everyone's interested in the same things you are, but like there's, I've worked, I've worked with a guy once before where I was just like, dude, Halo, 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 Halo. Let me tell you about this and this and this. And it's like, you need to play it, man. And I got him in to like start playing Halo. And then he ended up loving Halo and going through the series. And it's like, you know, when you, when you have all that enthusiasm that just stems from like, this nostalgia you can you can really just i mean it's like it's like convincing people like a car salesman it's just like they can't resist but like feed off of your enthusiasm you know <laughs> yep yeah, you're, you're being a walking advertisement for the thing that you're invested in and i mean yeah i'm wearing the hang- yeah. halo bling <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like the second i have the, some halo t-shirt that i'm always wearing in, in public if i'm not in like a polo or or something like that yeah, the the, the second the second we see Dustin pop up on the on the podcast, it's like there's a giant Halo thing behind him. He's wearing Halo gear. It's like this dude lives. I love it. I'm like, man, you know, I I remember I remember when Halo Three was coming out, and I think we didn't have any Seven Elevens around us, and they had the Slurpee cups. Mm. I wanted to get one of those so yeah. bad for some reason. That was just like a, another great white buffalo of Halo collecting, yep. and I was just like. 
Why can't we have a 7-Eleven? I got so mad every time I went by a gas station. I was like, I hate you because it wasn't 7-Eleven and didn't have a Halo 3 Slurpee Cup. Because I just, I knew if I had a Slurpee Cup, I would just like, it'd be one of those things. It's like when you're a kid and you got a crush and like, you know, like you see in the movies. Justin's like, holding they, up his Outpost Discovery Cup. Yeah. <laughs> and they touch you and you're like, I'm never washing my hand again. And I would have like never drank out of that again until I got older. Dude, fam- like now. You know, Halo ahead, fans, man, fan, fans is short for fanatic. Like we're fanatics, dude. And the, the thing is, well, fanatics will do things that are are that are um, unlogical. There are a lot, not unlogical, illogical. Uh, like for instance, I remember when Halo Four, uh, Halo 3's game fuel was everywhere. Luckily, I didn't have an issue with that. But when Halo Four <laughs> game fuel, Spartan still has some that he's opening and drinking right now. No way. Like no. Nope. Like, why would you no. even dare drink that? But he's doing it, and That's, people are loving it. <laughs> That's a whole lot of note for me, dog. I don't like those to begin with, but even if I did, mm-mm-mm. But like yeah. when uh, the Halo 4 game fuel came out, because they did it for Halo 4 as well, I couldn't find it. So I was driving, like I lived I lived in Illinois at the time, and I was driving across the bridge into Iowa to go to their grocery stores to try to get me a 12-pack of game fuel. Was it because I was dying, I had a craving for game fuel? No, it's because Master Chief's freaking face was on the side of the cans you know i actually have a four pack i put it on the twitter i have a four pack of monster in my room right now because it has master chief with a double xp on the side i drink monster but i only drink the zero calorie version i had to buy the regular calorie one just to get master chief right like, Ron, I didn't tell fanatic, you. you know <laughs> i didn't tell you when i saw that and i was at work i literally ran i work at a grocery store uh and so i literally ran right over into the aisle that has the monsters like a kid, like trying to catch Santa, I ran over into that aisle and I didn't see Master Chief on there, and I was like, "I hate Monster." <laughs> Dad, would you would you have bought it? Uh, I don't know. I probably if there was ever a time that I would buy Monster, it probably would drink have been it. Then. It's for Master yeah. Chief. Yeah, I just would have put it up it. there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that, there are some hardcore collectors out there that will go out of their way to find the most obscure Halo product out there. Mm-hmm. And granted, I, I do that from time to time. Um. When they when they had the Halo Fest for the MCC launch, uh, they had little chocolate bars, and I still have the the chocolate wrapper with Master Chief. On I didn't it. even know that. I want yeah. that. I can go get it real quick if you want to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally I would be, love to. Absolutely, that'd totally be cool. Yeah, you guys can keep talking yeah. while I go find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll do. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's just uh, you know, I, I think it I think it really means a lot that early on Bungie slash Microsoft were so willing to let the community create and do things they wanted to do because of how passionate they were for halo because you know early on it started out with things like red versus blue and then a few years later you have podtacular which what is what is better market like what's better than free marketing that lasts 15 years you know what i mean like yeah i was gonna say that's a pretty good point like rv uh, red versus blue did so much for them like it did a lot for themselves the people there but like that was essentially also for halo marketing yeah. yeah. Also for Halo, and then like, yeah. you know, you have you know, Dustin is not an official like paid employee of three four three, but he's there's 15 years of Podtacular that is marketing for Halo because of yeah they they allow the community they 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 uh they encourage the community to to create and do these things and like all this nostalgia enthusiasm it's just free advertising for Halo you know and it's not because we're trying to you know sell it or make money we're we're lo- we love Halo. We're passionate about it. We want everyone exactly. to play it. You know, so yeah. uh, it's great. What you got that? Uh, you got that thing there, Dustin? I do. Uh, so there are actually a couple of different versions uh, or different chocolates that you get, but I kept one of them. Um, 
but this is the chocolate wrapper that they had for that looks amazing that is so dope oh my goodness it's got the 117 on there and everything i wish you guys could see this right now this is so dang cool (laughs) me checking ebay real quick to see that it's like 300 (laughs) dollars right for a bar of chocolate (laughs) yeah probably it's all oxidized or melted Um, yeah, I had little, a- random little knickknacks like that. Like they had um, fake checks of the Halo Four Global Championship that they oh, they did. That's a super years cool. Ago. Yeah, um, Halo Fest. Like the the first Halo Fest, they had like an invita- VIP invitation. Ooh, I that's like, like that. the little data chip card that you see in in game or something like that. That kind of yeah. reminds me of the one that came with the journal for Halsey's the mm-hmm. Reach collection. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they actually had these little cards that you could pick up when you get went to Halo Fest. So there's the the schedule on one side and then there's the map of the floor because Halo Fest was it, it took out one of the floors that was normally for like PC play yeah. for that year and it was it was all Halo Fest so the, this so was cool. the floor layout for that and then I have a poster version of this but when Halo did the the go and vote campaign oh oh that's make your cool. voice heard vote Halo yeah. Vote, yeah and they have on the back where you can go to register or find out where you can vote that kind of stuff that's fantastic. So I have you know, little that... knickknacks like that floating around, and there's a there's a whole bunch more. So, do you have yeah. like a room in your house that's like dedicated to Halo, or what? I mean, like how, uh, how much Halo stuff do you have, and where do you put it? <laughs> I have more than I know what to do with. I can imagine. Um, so like I'm in my basement right now, so the basement's kind of half theater room because we have a projector and a projector screens, and we actually entertain with kind of a a little. Bible study group that we used to meet up with and we just kind of kept going. Um, we'll do movie nights every now and then. Sometimes we'll come down here if, if it's Ooh. a few enough people and we'll pull down the projector. It's like a 104-inch screen. Ooh, I that like kind that. Of stuff. Um, but I have a couple of shelves. I have a shelf full of Amiibos. I have two nice. shelves of random game gaming paraphernalia. And then I have I actually have a whole Halo bookshelf, which I probably need to do another. You need your own Halo bookshelf for how many books are out now. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. Lot. I have one shelf that's all the books. I still have a few more books that aren't on there either because they're too tall for the shelf, like the Halo Encyclopedia, or I'm starting to run out of room. Um, and there's a couple of different scenes, I guess, with different shelves in there. And then I have all the legendary statues and all that kind of stuff. Um, the thing that I want to do at some point, which uh, I'm not sure if I actually have the room to do, but I have a plethora of the Boomco blasters. Oh, I think I have yeah. like five or six of each of the pistols. Um, I have I have one of every single version of the weapon that they came out with with, with Boomco before they nice. uh, lost their licensing okay. with with three four three. But I have. The Blaze of Glory. I have the Carbine, the uh, both the blue and the red assault rifle, the Energy Sword, the Needler, uh, the two versions of the Spiker, the regular one, and the San Diego Comic Con exclusive one. Uh, I have the little grenade things, the little dart uh, targets. I I, I kind of went a little crazy with some of the blasters. Oh, I love that! Dude, that's, Dude, that's so I, much passion. I uh, and then I, there's I, a little closet area over there that has. Probably eighty boxes of unopened Mega Construct sets. Oh, <laughs> nice! Geez. That's cool, including Those all th- of the the big. Uh, uh, I forget um, what's I forget what the the series is, but the big, the big sets like mm-hmm. the the Four of Dawn, the Infinity, the Scarab. Oh, Ooh, I have I all that- those. I haven't built yet, but I, I want to do um, speed build videos of those. It's good that you have them because I've seen what those go for when they're 
online after Ooh. years yeah. of not being out. Yeah. Um, not fun. I think I don't have near the I don't have near the collection you do, but I don't know if you saw on Twitter. My wife just bought for my birthday last night. Got me the a, a new Halo Three helmet from the Legendary because I didn't nice. have one. So that's of course amazing. And then uh, the probably the most and it's not really unique, but the probably the most unique thing is I have a sealed copy of uh, a black label copy of Halo One still. Um, so not a platinum hit. I want to get that. Big Master Chief statue. Oh, from Halo that's 2. the dream. That is the dream. <laughs> that's is the, the holy grail right there. The game. I was on vacation to Master Chief statue. Yeah, I was on vacation in Tennessee last year, um, and I remember going into this like tabletop shop, and they had that in there, and I was just like stunned. I I couldn't believe I'm going yeah, the in there SMGs, for, like right? Dungeons and Dragons and some Star Wars like role playing stuff, and I'm seeing Master Chief there, and I'm just like. I remember him, you know, like I, I love you. Guys. <laughs> That's my boy. You know, I was like, like I just my boy uh, chief. Yeah, it's just so I wanted to stand there and salute that dude. Like I, I, I think it was, I think it was Taraz said on one of his videos that when I think him and his, I think when him and his friend finished playing Halo Three co op for the first time and Johnson dies, his friend immediately stood up and saluted, and he thought <laughs> it was ridiculous, but then he stood up and he did it too, and I thought I get that. You know, if, I, like, if I got that Master Chief statue and it was in my room, every time I would leave, I would look right at Master Chief and I'd say, keep it sacred. <laughs> <laughs> I know you no, will because you're the chief. But it goes to show like you, though, I think, like... Evolves, as a, someone says evolved, everyone else goes, evolved! Yeah. Yeah, we didn't intend to make our own kind of thing like that, but I, yeah, we kind of have... It is. They have evolved. We have keep it sacred. Now, do you... Do you have a kitschy line, uh, Podtacker? Maybe you said it on the last episode. I didn't even catch it. Yes. Yeah, so, so. Oh, you said it at the end. Yeah. What, what yeah. Yeah. We have we have a little tagline that originates from either episode six, seven, or eight. I forget which one specifically. But uh, there was a little line that kind of went back and forth. Um, I think Fumo started with "keep on trucking," hmm. and then Spellcheck said "keep on fragging," and they just combined and said "keep on fragging trucks." So that's that's kind of the tagline. I other that. than the unofficial Halo Universe podcast part, that's kind of the other tagline that Podtackler is known for. Our our version of your unofficial Halo podcast is pure enthusiasm, pure enthusiasm for the Halo Universe. That's what we ours yeah. is. I remember I like that though, Dustin, because I had this one of my oldest, I think my oldest Halo shirt. I don't even know if I still have it now, but it was. I remember getting it at Hot Topic back in like two thousand five or six. It was a white shirt. It had the warthog on there, and it said "Keep on trucking." Like I, you completely oh, really? clogged my memory with that. Like I'm like, wow, huh. that's awesome. But uh, uh, yeah, I, go ahead, Josh. Sorry, I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, I, I actually got a long rant. I was going to say. So well, go for it, man. Sound cool. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, one Randy of the things Josh. you know that's that's been uh, Another Randy Josh. <laughs> one of the things that's been like weighing on me in a good way is that this is such a unique opportunity with Infinite, like for us getting to get that sort of experience again that we had playing Halo Combat Evolved, no matter how different this ends up being. But like this is paying so much it feels like it feels like at least it's trying to pay a, a sense of homage to what's come before mm-hmm. and then also take it in this new direction. And it's like I feel like that's just such a good way to sort of in a game itself like Halo four and five was very much their own things. And I love them for that. You know, but this one is very much trying to honor this like past legacy and then also be this sort of new entryway for people to come in. And I I think the thing for me is like you notice with some games and even movies when we're like very much anticipating them, we're so hyped to get to that experience. 
we don't tend to think about like a year or two or a couple years after it's been out we think of just about playing it because we want to get to it we want right. to play it or watch it or whatever but like i feel like and you guys tell me what you think but like i feel like the narrative you know a couple years from now is going to be pretty good about this game like i because for me personally i feel like i'm going to walk away having been able to say like I never thought I'd get the like when I played Halo Combat Evolved for the first time as a kid and I get on Halo level. I always say it felt like at the time open world for me. I just had never I never had a game give me sort of this off-rail thing like oh these you know got to go rescue these marines and stuff and do it however you want. I never really had that. I was used to linearity and and uh that was completely new to me. And I think now this is sort of like the next evolution of that of like this is open world, and mm-hmm. however they do that is exciting it's, to me. It's making it's, like, it's making good on the on the not that it was a promise, but I like the saying. It's making good on the promise of Halo, the Halo level from Halo One, twenty years yeah. later. You know? It feels like it feels like I'm getting the actual full realization of the illusion I felt, you know, when I played that mm-hmm. back in two thousand two or whatever. I mean, do you do you guys feel like you know? couple years say two years three years from now that you guys are going to walk away and say like man i'm really glad they went for that sort of like oh yeah i've been i've been definitely hearing a lot of people within the community really really hyped about having that open world experience having the ability to kind of go and explore halo ring and we got to see a little bit of that outpost with the ring experience and there's been some other stuff that has been done with it Halo marketing and that kind of stuff. But being able to actually go and explore the ring has been something that I think every Halo fan has wanted since we saw that first step onto the Halo ring in Halo CE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being able to actually go and do something like that, being able to go explore and see different areas of a Halo ring, especially one that's steeped in so much lore, which is also kind of one of those other nostalgic things for people that have read the books that are into the lore there's so much lore invested in Zeta Halo, mm-hmm. and being able to explore that ring is is going is going to be such a treat for Halo fans. And the whole open world aspect, I think, just adds an interesting new dynamic that has innately been teased at for Halo, but has never fully been explored before. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think this is to me. This seems obvious. I don't think it's a hot take, but like to me, despite any uh, concerns of Things like graphics, open world, big or uh, battle royale, any of those things. To me, it just seems kind of obvious with the the direction they're taking with Infinite and the design of it that this is going to probably be the more or less like the most relevant Halo's been since Halo Three. You can maybe say Reach, but like I, I feel like you know this this is obviously a and this isn't even a criticism of Halo Four and Five. I'm somebody who adores Halo Four and likes a lot about Halo Five. Um, but this is very obviously a return to form for the series, both in how it looks and its its concepts and what it's trying to deliver. So I feel like, you know, we should all be really excited right now, unless you're somebody who's a 343 purist and you only like the 343 games, which I haven't met many of those because most people love the 343 games and the Bungie ones. Um, but unless you're a specific 4 and 5 purist, I think ultimately people are just going to be, this is going to be a big success that's going to be a, a big comeback moment for Halo, I, I just seem like it's designed for that. I think it's going to be we're we're looking at a very good next several years, if not the full ten. Yeah, of Halo. I mean, so. it's like it, it's weird for me because it's like I, I guess the best way I could sum up what I was trying to say earlier is like it's like we're getting it's like they're playing on our nostalgia a bit with this, 
And I get, I, I could see myself a couple of years from now being nostalgic about my nostalgia from Halo One. Through, it's like a leapfrog <laughs> yeah. kind of effect, you know. And it's like Keep that on just gets it. me so excited because I know with every single Halo, there's been something I've been nostalgic for, and it's never been just the game experience itself. It's never been just playing the game and experiencing the campaign yeah. and the multiplayer. It's definitely it it's, seeps into real life in many different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Yep, because um, I know we didn't really get to play. A lot of Halo Five uh, in our LAN parties because no split nope. screen. Yeah, no split screen. But I know once this pandemic stuff rolls over, however short or long that takes, like that's something Brian and I are gonna do with Halo Infinite, and like that gets me so freaking excited to think. Being able to like do LAN with Infinite, yeah, with a new Halo game, yep. you know, because we've done that with like four, three, you know, we've done that with all the all the ones like sort of the bungee ones and and four, you know, from three, four, three. But like we haven't got a chance to really do that with five because it's just like. Too much of a too process. hard with one person a TV, you know. Yeah, uh, so that just yeah, gets they, they definitely had a design priority that wanted them to really work on the visual fidelity, which Halo Five does a pretty good job with. I mean, mm-hmm. just looking at all the different environments that we yeah, actually I think get it to experience beautiful. in Halo 5's campaign. Oh, such a gorgeous game, even um, now. I still think yeah. it's great. Uh, la- la- one one more question I want to ask you, Dustin, before I move into like one other thing is. Um, what would you, if you got to choose, what would you want the infinite or the infinite legendary edition to come with? Ooh, I would say with what they're kind of just gunning for, I'd like a high detailed model, not necessarily of the whole ring, but similar to the little ring segment that we either saw in the ring experience or oh, yeah, oh, what we kind yeah. of see in the mega okay. constructs as well. Some kind of ring piece or or some piece from the campaign that really just iconifies a halo ring that's debbie or a foreigner structure like i know a lot of the stuff has been primarily focused on either the master chief from the bungee games or in the case of reach it was the noble team statue Uh, i know a lot of stuff has really been geared towards the character specifically but having having that i think would be rather interesting for infinite it sounds like the ring is going to be a character of itself kind of in this game. So Yeah, it does. I, I would be stoked if that was the idea for uh, for the Legendary Edition. Mine's a much more lame one, plain one. What I would like is just a exact same Halo 3 helmet, but it's the Infinite helmet. <laughs> the Master Chief one, yeah, for Infinite. <laughs> but it's like the same design, but it's the Infinite helmet. And then you can pull Cortana's chip out of the back of the helmet, and it has the Infinite soundtrack on it. It's a USB. Ooh, that's what I yeah, want. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which mine's much, much more plain Jane, but um, still be dope. And I know we're well, all yeah, have the ring anyway. though. Like, so. right? Yeah, man, that'd be amazing. The, ring, be the ring could light up, have like lights around the rim, like in a room. It like kind of glows. Oh, that'd be my nightlight. I love you, Zeta Halo. You could get rid of that Pinocchio <laughs> nightlight you got, Josh. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> um, that'd be but, interesting. I'd like to have the Master Chief helmet, but have the light come out of the visor. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be I mean, cool. Yeah, add that too. Like make, that. make make our legendary edition helmet worth five hundred dollars. Thank you. Ah. Um, I want to be able to wear it too. Now. Yeah, now the, <laughs> yeah. the demands. Are and I want it to have a button where I can just it turns into a whole suit. You know. <laughs> so you just want you just you just want a thousand dollar cosplay. Yeah, yes. That I need to take out a loan for. Um, Halo Infinite Legendary Edition, or I guess Mythic Edition at this point, is a full on cosplay customized to your build. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> one size fits all. <laughs> um, but I had, let's see here. I want. I thought I had a cool idea that we didn't tell, so our patrons can like send in a question. So I got two patrons that sent in a question. 
Um, and they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't know it was going to, I didn't tell, we don't tell people, sometimes we do, we didn't tell you're going to be a guest on here. So they'll get to have their uh, question also answered by Dustin with Potacular. So that's cool. Yeah. So I'm going to ask these two questions. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to find it, Josh. It was from a a boo, um, good old boo. Well, in the meantime, while Brian's looking that up, yeah. Um, something I, I love to. Oh, here we go. Ask. Actually, or do you want to oh, ask it? I'll, I'll it. save it. No, I'll save okay, it at the okay. end. I'll remember. I won't so get. this is from our patron Abu. He says, "Hey, I have a question for you guys. Can you guys bring your thoughts on the combination of free multiplayer plus Halo for PC plus crossplay, and on top of that, the possibility of the effing cheaters coming to Infinite and making <laughs> the experience not so fun?" Dust, do you want to do you want to start off on? I'm not worried about that. To be to be honest, like Xbox Live has been a really great place where Microsoft's done a really good job of catching the cheaters and making sure that it's the 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 experience is untainted. I mean, obviously, there's things like the Griff Ball lineups in MCC or like for for Reach and Halo Five and that kind of stuff. It's an in-game thing; it's, it can't be avoided sometimes. But I'm I'm not really concerned. I mean, at, at the heart of it, Nextbox is just a custom build of Windows, so it doesn't really matter. And the fact that you can plug a controller in on a PC, I'm I'm not at all concerned about any of the crossplay, any of the mouse keyboard stuff. Like, none of that matters. And and growing up playing Halo CE and Halo Two Vista on PC, I switched back and forth from keyboard and mouse mm-hmm. to controller, and it really didn't affect my gameplay. Yeah, other than I, like like how I played, but like experiencing it and, and having fun with it, no, it like I don't think there's an excuse that you can make anymore in today's age of console versus PC that you can say that having crossplay doesn't make sense. Now the mouse keyboard versus controller thing, th- there's a little bit of a debate it, but, there yeah. because there's different input methods and you have mm-hmm. a little more fine control with mouse and keyboard sure. and how do you weigh the auto-aim with controller versus mouse and keyboard, which I feel like they've done that in past Halo games successfully. So I'm, I'm not... Like, yeah, there's there's a little tweak about it, but that only matters at the competitive level. At the casual level, just kind of generically playing online, that doesn't really impact anything. And being able to have that cross-platform where you have more people in the ecosystem, like, you, you don't suffer from matchmaking issues as much. Like, when Infinite comes out, or even with, because they just announced this in the July MCC update, when crossplay comes out for MCC, of course I'm going to turn on crossplay. Of course I'm going to turn on keyboard, mouse, and controller play for just about anything I play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. I'm not worried about cheaters or things like that as well. But I, I, I mean, I think, and you've kind of alluded to, I think there's, we can all agree, there's huge positives to this, to the fact that it's free to play for everyone. It's cross-play, it's on PC, like, we're going to experience something a little different going into Infinite this time around than we did with Halo 5, being exclusive to Xbox One, you know, which was, which is, uh, you know, understandably, it's, you know, just being honest, it, it wasn't the best performing console ever this time around. So, you know, Halo 5 being locked to a console, which I think now is probably around 50 million sold, but back then was probably 2030, you know, going to Infinite, where you can be on PC, Xbox One, Series X, cross-platform. You got X Cloud. Um, Josh, what do you what do you think? You got any thoughts out of that? Okay, if someone, you know that you know that that image of Michael Scott crying from the office. The moment I get teabagged, standbyed, or just whatever, get completely wrecked by a PC player. Nostalgia. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna get hit with nostalgia. It's I'm great. not even gonna. I'm not even going to get mad. I'm like, Halo's back, baby. I'm going to be like, it's back. Woo! Like, I'm loving this. Like, uh, please 
These like are the this. negative experiences from my childhood that I absolutely love and bring me joy. Yeah, I'm like, what? now I'm nostalgic for this sparks joy. A way to nostalgia hurts is when I die and someone teabags me and I go into a deep depression. <laughs> no, it's, I don't know. I, I think, I think even for me now, I, I, I get Spartan crotch. <laughs> I used to I used to rage so much when I was back in the Halo 2 days like being younger and I would just stay in those lobbies forever until someone left or until I would decided I'm done with this and I want to leave. Now that I'm older I'm like I'll message someone if I felt like they did awesome or something. Like I will just go and make that effort just to compliment them cuz you, you most people get trash messages instead. Yeah, it's it's fun to do something nice, but like I think if I'm in a situation where there is cheating I'm sure Xbox, you know, Microsoft's going to be super on top of that. Like Dustin said, they've done a great job with that, and they're always improving. And but I, I think I am going to be okay with it while it's there. As much as I'll like, I'll hate it. I'll be nostalgic for it because it's like I'm so. It's so. I just I have so much nostalgia. Not that I necessarily like it, but I have so much curated <laughs> nostalgia for the blue screen of death from Halo Two online, and like you know, just uh, getting teabagged all the time. And like you'd have a player who's not posting as good a stats as you, and the one time they kill you, they teabag you, and it's just like, you don't deserve to do that. Exactly. You know, but it's like, that you know, still happens today. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. I, 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 think I'll, I think I'll be all right with it, because I know they'll get on top of it enough to where I can just appreciate it for the little window it's there and be like, hey, I remember when this used to be super common. Please go away soon, but like, I remember that. Yeah, I'll be nostalgic. Next question for you guys from MH Cosplay, who we talked about earlier, and who you... Mikey Cosby. Who you heard an inspired ad from earlier in the show. Um, he says, Say next week only a trailer a minute long came out for multiplayer and has really nothing more than a flashy montage like Halo 5 does. Would you be mad it was so simple and gave not much information or, or get even more hyped and start going frame by frame? So to break that down, I think he's saying, if they just released like a minute of the multiplayer, because we haven't seen any of it yet, they just released like a minute montage of it. Would you be more happy that we got to see a minute of it or disappointed that they just hit us with such a tiny taste and we have nothing to go off of? Mike, why would you even ask such a question? <laughs> I'm like, kind of thinking the same thing as like, isn't <laughs> no, anything kind of good at this point? Yeah, I, I will I will take what I can get for sure. Yeah, yeah. But the other part of me is like, no, I want an overview of multiplayer. But hey, even if they give if they give like an announcement to the announcement of like we're going to be showing this off at this specific date. Here's a little, like, sizzle reel. Like, that could get me freaking stoked. I, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they kind of do that with Halo 5's multiplayer? Didn't they kind of, like, do a quick... I know it leaked, but didn't they kind of do a quick little, like, tease right before? I could I mean, be wrong. it was a pretty full, full-blown full thing that they okay. showed up. I think I, you're I referring might be, to the I might leak. Be I think the leak yeah. was, like, a minute or less. Okay. Uh, but I would... come out. I, I'd be all right with it. I, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? Like, we're so close to release of this game. I know that if all we got was a minute, I know that there is going to be much more to follow. And even then, if there was nothing else, if they just show off a minute of multiplayer and there's <laughs> nothing else until this game releases, it's August and we got till November. Can it be a solid minute of someone sprinting from one side of the map to the other? That's all they do, <laughs> just, just sprint. There's no other player to sprint. Like, it's as if a thousand voices suddenly cried out <laughs> yeah. in pain. Once in pain, yeah. No! He was killing younglings. No. Um, <laughs> what do you think? You got anything to add to that, Dustin? Um, I don't know. I think for the most it. part, you want to yeah, see it. I yeah. Any like, I, I I will say this. It it does give me a little pause with how little we've seen 
so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's there's a lot of things being impacted by COVID, unfortunately. Yeah. And at, at this point, we haven't really seen a lot, which is very atypical of what both Bungie and 343 really have done to reveal stuff for Infinite. Um, doesn't necessarily mean the game's not in a good place. Doesn't necessarily mean it is either. Um, but at this point, with how little we've seen, I think anything, like seeing anything at this point would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gives us more to get hyped about, to oh, yeah. really dig into that nostalgia and, and really find ways to get uh, engaged with different facets of what Infinite will become. Yep. Um, so at, at this point, it, it's, it's kind of one of those biting my cheek type things where it's like, yes, I want to see stuff. I'm a little, like, a little precautious at, mm-hmm. at, at this point. But I'm still excited nonetheless. Okay. Yeah. Um, to put a good uh, final summarization on the kind of the theme we have between Potacular and, and Sacred Icon Halo, and we'll go around, we'll start, with, we'll start with Dustin, is ultimately do we think nostalgia hurts or helps, uh, you know, a franchise more? Answer it however you'd like, Dustin. <laughs> as long as you're open-minded to how industry changes, that things are inevitably going to change for the better, I think nostalgia is good. Uh, for the most part, nostalgia really harkens to why you got invested or why you continue to be invested in something in the first place. And to kind of say the antithesis of what you mentioned, Josh, in our podcast, nostalgia uh, can can make you jaded. But if you take the positive spin on it, it can also help you get through those troughs of a franchise. Yeah. So I think yeah. overall, as long as you have a good, healthy outlook on things, acknowledging that, one, it's not your franchise, it's the producers, developers, uh, film, what like whatever franchise, not, not just video games, but any franchise, it's their creation. And let that nostalgia like keep you going. And if at some point that nostalgia doesn't keep you going anymore, that's fine. It's, it's okay to, for your life to change. People change all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's something that people don't really get that like, people can go from really loving something to really hating something or the other way around. And I think sometimes we don't give those people enough credit to, to when they change, but just be open to the mindset of things change. It's a natural thing. Things will adjust and mold to the industry. So like sprint, for example, sprints now a staple of first person shooters, whether you like it or not, Mm -hmm. every game, just about every game that you're going to experience, there's there's a few exceptions out there, like one being Overwatch, but most games out there, the first-person shooter genre has sprint. Mm-hmm. So as long as you go into the mindset of, the healthy mindset of, these are the things that really excite me about the franchise and should keep you excited or help you get through things until you actually have the chance to sit down in front of a product and see how it meshes with your nostalgia or how it changes your perspective. Maybe it enhances your nostalgia. Maybe it detracts from it. But either way, as long as you keep that in mind, I think nostalgia overall is a good thing. And we wouldn't be here doing these podcasts if we weren't nostalgic for Halo. 
Yes. Man, you summed it up so good, I can't hardly think of how I could even <laughs> say anything better. Can Josh, you tell I've been doing this for a while? <laughs> yeah, that, that was beautiful, man. I had a little tear oh, rolled down well my cheek. That was said. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, no, no, what no. Do you I, think? I, yeah, I agree with that completely. I think nostalgia is like chocolate candy. And by that, I mean it's very good, very sweet, and oh, so delicious. But if you have too much of it, it can be a bad thing. And I think you can't let... You know, you you can't uh, you can't let yourself just be com- so completely enamored by the nostalgia that you're not getting to experience any new aspect of the sort of product you're nostalgic for. Because you need to still, if you love it, you naturally want to experience more from it. I don't think anyone's ever gotten to a point with a franchise where they're like, okay, that's good. I can walk away. I don't ever want to see anything more from that. No more books, no more movies, no more soundtracks, no more games, no more... You know, you always kind of want a little something more. You always kind of want to live in that world. And uh, because there's nostalgia there, but you also kind of... There's a sense of curiousness for what's around the corner, what's next. And I think like something like Halo 3, you said, I think, on the Potacular episode, Brian, like, uh, you know, Halo 3 did very much... It was an ending. It was an ending in of itself. But I think for me too, and I know you would agree as well, but like there was just the way it ended on Legendary. It's like, okay, there could be. Are you guys teasing a Halo 4? Yeah. Like, cause I kind of want to know what, like, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. What, what does that mean? You know, and it just, it's enough to like satisfy you and make you want to take in what it is, but then it's enough to sort of like give you a little sizzle as to what potentially may be there and get you excited for what's to come next. So that way, like, I just think it's, it's, I mean, I'm kind of taking the high road, I guess, and I'm saying like it's a middle ground. But no, I, I, I think, I think there's a such thing as too much of a good thing. But I, I think, uh, I guess to summarize, nostalgia, for the reasons Dustin said, is a very good thing because we wouldn't even be here. I mean, I wouldn't be excited for Halo Infinite. None of us would be if we weren't nostalgic for all these other Halo games that we were replaying. Like, if we weren't nostalgic, we wouldn't even be caring about these coming to PC. And that's a big deal for so many people. You know, and that's important and that should not go unnoticed. And I think it's 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 important to have that nostalgia there, you know, obviously not let it overtake so that you're missing out on new experiences. But it's important to have it there to, to sort of honor what came before. And I think that's why I'm excited about Infinite, because it's it's it, in, a, in essence, the game itself is trying to strike that balance of what came before, why you got into Halo, regardless of what game it was before. They're trying to honor all that, but then also say, now we're going into this new chapter in this new era and get excited for what came before because we're going to honor that, but also get excited for what's to come next because, boy, you guys are in for a treat. Mm -hmm. And I think that's awesome. I love the balance. Yeah, man. I, I think you both have literally touched on it all and said it all so eloquently that the one I'll pretty much echo the same sentiments, and the one the one thing I'll I'll put a little twist on is, um, I think with all things in life, even the best things, too much of them can become bad, and I, I firmly believe that too much of a good thing, things took to the extreme, things that are idolized, uh, when you, when you hold something up as an idol, then it, it just becomes something else entirely, and I think. It's very easy for us to idolize the glory days of Halo, to idolize when times were quote-unquote better, and that's not a healthy mentality. So I think ultimately I agree with both of these guys in saying nostalgia is a good thing um, if it's in used in a right headspace. Um, I would say that I feel like, at least on the internet, and the internet is not 
um, that is not the entire world, that is not representative of everything. But I'd say in the internet, I would say on the internet, I see nostalgia. I would say I see nostalgia propping up bad more than I do good. I think that's what I see personally. Um, and maybe that's because it's just more, it's just, it's, it's louder. Maybe it's more evident, you know, but you know, I think whenever we have conversations around things, not being like the way they were 15, 20 years ago, I think it's very much a, uh, uh it's not a good headspace for those things. So ultimately, yeah, nostalgia is great. A lot of things in life are great, but too much of a good thing. Like Josh said with chocolate, you know, that's, I agree. I think, I think just to summarize too, like that's why I think I'm I'm all the more excited for Halo Infinite because it could very much be just a whole nostalgic rehash, but it doesn't seem like that. It seems like it's trying to to sort of play upon some of that, but tell its own story, take us into a whole new era. That's got to be a tough line to walk trying to to make that. But I think I don't. I personally haven't experienced a lot of like franchises sort of be able to sort of walk that line, and I mean. That just gets me all the more excited. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go in there. I'm sure there's going to be a m- moments that are going to tug on my heartstrings. There's going to be other things that when I walk away and I'm done with the campaign, I'm like, Brian, I have to talk to you about this right away. And Brian will have probably beaten it days before me and saying, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> for I just the- beat it one third man. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but uh, one last thousand thing. miles ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the- and that's Brian to his credit because he's he's he will muscle through that stuff to get that content that lore. Uh, but something I, I got to ask you, I love asking all our guests, um, what for you, Dustin, all these years later, keeps you in love with Halo? Um, what what makes you still be enthusiastic about it and still be excited for it all this time later, having you know been a part of the community for as long as you have? Uh, so I kind of have two different answers to that. There's there's community side of it, and then there's a game side of it. Yeah. Uh, game side of it is the storyline and... Uh, I think that's kind of what mainly got me involved with Halo in the first place was just how how the story was portrayed, and then especially with Halo Two, like seeing the the two sides of the story and how that kind of yeah. uh, came together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that complemented with the thirty seconds of fun, the Golden Triangle, like all that game mechanic made playing through the campaign a lot a lot of fun. Uh, and that coupled with the story really was was cool. And, and I guess the second place to that would be all of the fun interactions I get to have with people just playing multiplayer or playing co-op through campaign and that kind of stuff. So that was, I would say, on the game side. From the community side of things, I mean, <laughs> you, you guys have probably seen how, how involved or how overwhelmed I get with, with being involved with so many different parts of the community. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there are just so many different facets of the community I mean, that's that's one of the things I try to do with Potacular is get guests on from from all these different parts of the community. So you have cosplayers, you have forgers, you have machinimators, you have artists, you have people that are extremely into the lore, you have competitive folks. I mean, there, there's a whole laundry list of different areas of the community that people really get invested in. Collecting is another one. Um, and I'm going to shout out to Halo United too, where like we've we've kind of gone through and tried to make sure that there's these. Like we we tried to do overall buckets of categorization for people with different roles, and I think we came up with nine or ten of like th- these are kind of generically. If you're a Halo fan, you fit into one of these buckets, mm-hmm. or or you fit into a multitude of these buckets. But every kind of interest in Halo can kind of be categorized into one of these different things. And then there's obviously nuance in there. Like Forge can break down into Forge Art, could break down into forging competitive maps, could be f- into forging racetrack maps, could be forging into just 
these cool little things. Like Mr. Halo Art does like the the card prints, but they're just in Forge. Yeah. Like, you've seen the Mother's yeah. Day, the yeah. Mother's <laughs> July, Very the Pride cool. Month mm-hmm. stuff, like all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's so many different subcategories and so many so much overlap as well. So just mm-hmm. how broad and how deep the Halo community goes just from a video game. Yeah. That's the thing that really solidified my interest. Like the story and the gameplay experience got me into Halo. The community is what keeps me in Halo. Yeah. Oh, man, I mean, we're all here answer. because of how, it's just so cool that a, that a you know, a fictional universe that started off as a video game and has expanded so much more is is so it's meant so much to all of us that look what it's become, you know. Like that's just something to be excited about. You know, we could be in a we could be in a a, a, a path What's the word I'm looking for? A timeline where Halo One wasn't successful, and we all just reminisce about this Ugh. this old diamond in the rough. I don't want to go there. You know, like <laughs> you, know, so, you know, somebody's like, uh, my favorite game is this old. You know, that, remember that Xbox One title, the uh, Halo Combat Evolved? That's my favorite game of all time. People are like, oh, I never played that. Okay, you know, we get to live in this timeline. So, I think that's great. Um, Dustin, do you want to plug your stuff uh, before we leave here? Sure. Uh, so you can find Podtacular on pretty much every social media. We have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We have a Discord server. You can find the podcast pretty much on any podcast platform. Um, we, we say in every show, if there's a place that people listen to podcasts where you can't find us, to let us know and we'll try to get to get on there. Um, but yeah, Podtacular for all the Podtacular stuff is where you can find us. Um, and then for me personally, a uh, couple different places. Uh, I'm probably most active on Twitter, so twitter.com slash duststorm is probably the place where you'll find me the most. Cool. Um, yeah, we just want to thank you so much for doing this with us, uh, Dustin. This is yeah. such a cool idea. You're doing two podcasts back-to-back with different sides of the same topic, and hopefully a lot of people who... <laughs> I don't always not- have a great idea, but when I do... <laughs> Something oh, man, that was amazing. <laughs> I love I love the, the topic and the idea just... That stuff gets me kind of excited. It gets my brain like turning, especially when it comes to, to Halo. Seriously, I, I just like, I just when like we can offer something new for people who are listening. You know, something new, a new spin on things. You know, like oh, we're we're trying absolutely. this. Like, oh, this is fun. You know, so yeah. um, well, we'd like to actually have you guys on Podtacular again to actually t- like properly interview you because I know we kind of meant this mm. to be more of this dual topic thing, but mm. at some point, I like to get you on because normally with guests we go into okay, what what do you do in your spare time? What's your hobbies? What I enjoy that. Yeah. that you, oh, I would love that. Like norm, like normally do with Halo, but you don't really talk myself. about that. So <laughs> there, there's a thing that we we normally do for first time guests that we really didn't get to do this time on Podtagler. So hopefully we can get you guys on and do a proper yes. interview to get to know you, the personalities more behind Sacred.com. Yes. Because the answer is yes. You guys, <laughs> you guys have done something in the Halo community that hasn't been seen in a long time, and. and like I know, like you guys said to really do the podcast, and, and like you've mentioned this on the, your podcast before, where you've you've meant to go out and kind of really highlight the podcast. But really, your social media game is what really defines Sacred Icon Halo. Like your engagement, the responses you get. Like I haven't seen that from any, I'll say, modern Halo account really drive that positive. Oh, that means a that lot. positivity and engagement that isn't a other like well-known halo persona like uh, a walshi or a bravo or anyone mm-hmm. from 343 like like or ryan mccaffrey from ign that kind of thing yeah. but you guys have really come in and filled a void where it's like no i'm we're going to engage in this space and we're really going to show the good sides of the halo community the the, the reason why we like halo like all these interesting discussion points and like some of them are like really 
like in depth and you really have to think about it. And some of them are just very, very funny of like, Oh, if, if you wanted to put one funny thing in, in, into like a warthog, what would you do? Okay. I, I want, I want the wheels to bounce or I want yeah. the lights to be able to go rainbow <laughs> yeah. or you have the, the music from RVB, the, yeah. the little Mexican thing in there that whenever you yeah. drive around, like something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. So. I really appreciate that, man. Hearing that. So, That's super uh, flattering. means so much you. to us. Cause we, you know, uh, when we started this, we just thought we'd be doing it for, you know, 12 people to listen to or something or, or 12 people are <laughs> or, or on the Twitter. You know, it never was, it was never like, let's set out to get a Twitter following, you know, but it was like, people like what we're saying and all it's kind of happened organically. Yeah. And I think which the is, best, which is a great thing. The best things in life, I think, I think do happen that way. And, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, as long as the community enjoys what we're doing, we're going to be here, you know? So, and it, it seems so far that, that they have, um, and you know, it's just, it's just been, it's been great to be that, that outlet because, um, I know like when Halo Infinite finally was shown off, there was a, I don't know what you'd say, Dustin, I would say there was a good two to five days where it was real rough on Twitter, like right after it got announced, because a lot of the, the pro- people with issues, which, by the way, totally cool to have issues with Infinite, but a lot of people came out very loud with their issues, some people nicer than others, and it was kind of, there was kind of a lot of, it was a, kind of a little rough there for a while, you even saw like some, <laughs> some, some tweets from people at 343 going like, let's respect each other, you know? And it was nice to, we got, we got people, you know, we, we continue to pioneer forward with our tweets about the positives and we got people going, man, Sacred Icon Halo is really excited about Halo Infinite still. Like, I know this is silly, but thank you for being excited about this game because I am too. And I, I, I want to be excited. And there's so many people not being excited. It's like, so there's just, there's always an avenue for that. It's like, you know, if you mention, if you mention something like we mentioned that, made that post about Battle Royale, you know. I probably got a hundred responses saying, don't even talk about this. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) But then we get, you know, 600 likes and another 300 comments of people talking about why they would want battle Royale, you know? So, so I I definitely in the battle Royale camp belongs in Halo and like, not necessarily it's part of Halo infinite, but Mm. it fits the the universe of Halo. Just fits a battle royale. Yeah. ODST drop pods. Like, that's it. Uh, There you go. That's it. I mean, that's all you have to say. That's battle royale. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, just be open minded to to anything. And then, yeah, it's not really a stretch for battle royale. I mean, we're not asking for Halo Kart here. You know what I mean? So, though I'd take that as well. I I will buy that. I was going to say, I would love that. That, That's already in there. It's it's called Duquesne's Forge Dream. Yeah. I was just saying, (laughs) I think of Wraith, I think of Duquesne. So, um, but all right, guys, if you want to follow uh, us on Twitter, we are at Sacred Icon Halo. Um, that is the best place to reach us. We have a website, sacrediconhalo.com. You can send us an email at sacrediconhalo at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to support us, best way to do that, follow us, share the podcast, like, subscribe. Uh, we have a YouTube. We just started up putting some stuff there. If you can subscribe on YouTube, that would mean a lot to us. If you could leave a five-star review, say something funny on, on iTunes. Uh, that'd be great. We'd love that. Um, and ultimately, if you want to go the you know the the high tier option, you can uh, support us on Patreon. We got a couple options there, and you can support us for a buck, and that means a ton to us. Um, so, and we'll shout you out on every podcast, uh, except for bod- except for uh, guest podcasts. We usually don't make them sit through our singing to patrons. So, uh, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> so, guys, there's uh, if you want to hit us up on Patreon, that's um, Patreon.com/slash Sacred Icon Halo. If you want to hit up Josh, that's at Jovial Joshy. Uh, Jovial Joshy. <laughs> give me, give, give us the, hit me up on the phone. Say, come over. Give us, come on. What was it? Oh, what? Oh, baby girl Palmer. Yeah, give us the baby girl Palmer. Oh, baby girl Palmer, come here up on the phone. Say, come over here. I'm alone. Spend time with me, cause I need your love. 
Two of us together like wings on a dove. <laughs> Gotta have it there, guys. Uh, also, uh, I love Spartan. Also, um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, hopefully, by the next time we are on a podcast with Dustin, it hasn't. It's not been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> been a while. <laughs> hopefully not. No. Hopefully, hopefully either. <laughs> we're actually we've contemplated having roundtable discussions about things like battle royale and some other kind of major community discussion topics um with, with how late the infinite news has been coming out we, we're not sure if we're actually gonna be able to fit those in before if it comes out so it might be something afterwards but if we definitely if we would do one of those we'll definitely be interested to have you guys on and oh, yeah. uh, you guys were also part of i think the um the little collab that we did with all the other podcasts uh, I, I can't I remember if you, you were not. I, I almost think we were not, unfortunately. Okay. But, okay. But we will be um, there for the roundtable, it sounds like, so we can <laughs> redeem ourselves. That sounds awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll have other collaborations for, for the, yeah. the podcasting network at, at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we thought it would be cool if uh, Dustin was on our podcast, and it was cool. So, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. All right, it's guys. A um, Man, it's an honor. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, keep it sacred, guys. Peace.